Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tate Cast. I am Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode, I have Derek Carty on from Roto Grinders to talk about the upcoming Major League Baseball season. We go through the AL and NL awards, Cy Young, MVP. Uh, we looked at some of the over unders for wins and odds for specific MLB teams to make the playoffs, and using the daily Roto projections, the stat engine, and Derek Cardi's The Bat projection system. We made some projections and some bets based on those. I actually made some bets live while we were recording the podcast because some of the numbers just seemed pretty tantalizing. Uh, And uh, we also talked about some other specific player props, some home runs, some strikeouts, and some stuff like that. So just to get you guys ready for the baseball season, did some baseball betting uh, analysis and some chatter. We are, of course, sponsored by Daily Roto and Roto Experts. You can save 10% off on Daily Roto products using the promo code Rory, and you can save 10% off the Roto Experts NFL 365 package, which is headed up by yours truly using my last name, M-A-T-T-E-K. You can get the NFL 365 package for $39.99, 10% off using the promo code Matic, and uh, if you do buy the Roto Experts NFL 365 package, you get a 20% off discount on the Daily Roto premium tools for NFL. So definitely something worth considering. And now let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Would like to welcome back my old friend Derek Cardi to the program. You were on two or three months ago when we talked a little bit about the methodology for the blitz and uh, some of the math behind that. How did you enjoy uh, the NFL season and how has the baseball offseason been treating you? Oh, NFL was, was great. I mean, NFL, NFL is so much fun. You know, the blitz had a really, really strong year and uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. It's only my second year doing NFL, but I'm, I'm really having a good time with it. Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to have you on because as listeners to the show know, uh, I love to gamble. And the uh, biggest season that is upon us right now is the baseball season. And every time there's a new season in sports, there's new stuff to gamble on. So for the first time on this show, we are going to do an MLB season preview, but we are going to do it through the lens of looking at some over-unders for season wins, odds to win the AL and NL Cy Young and MVP awards, and then some player props. And then we'll get into a little bit of DFS methodology stuff towards the end. So starting out on over-unders for season wins, uh, were any of these lines, you know, kind of outrageously bad to you? Was there a, was there a total when you look through that you seemed right away like that has to be bad? Yeah, and I'm going to say it. And people, especially if you're only like a casual baseball fan, like if you're just starting to do your MLB prep, you're going to think I'm absolutely insane. But uh, the Chicago Cubs opened at like 93 wins or like just something absolutely insane. And uh, the Cubs are potentially not going to be very good this year. Um, And I think people are going to be shocked by that. But I have the Cubs as a sub 500 team. 
So that actually, that makes me feel good. So before I even looked at any of the bat methodology stuff, before I even looked at uh, any of the daily roto math, I went through and I made a list of four bets that uh, I wanted to get your opinion on. And the first one that I had on the list was Chicago Cubs to miss the playoffs at even money. Yeah, I have the Chicago Cubs, like I said, sub 500, um, projected third in the division and out of the playoffs. So I, I, would, I would bet that side of it. <laughs> like they have the name value, like they have, you know, they're, they're the Cubs and they have a bunch of good players, but they also have a bunch of bad players and the rotation is getting older and worse. And I'm not a big fan of the Cubs at all this year. So what is the, what is for the, the casual people, I assume a lot of people who are listening to this, probably this might even be the first MLB podcast they've listened to. What is the biggest difference for them uh, for like the last two years and this upcoming season? It sounds almost like a cop out to say it, but honestly, age, age has a, a big, a big part of it. Like, especially their starting rotation, like Lester is getting older and bad. Cole Hamels is getting older and not very good. Um, you know, their bullpen isn't quite as strong as it's been in the past. A bunch of their guys are coming off, you know, bad years. You know, Brian and Rizzo are coming off not very good years. Addison Russell is not going to be in the lineup for a bunch of it because of his suspension. Like Javier Baez, as great as he was last year, it was his first year as better than a league average hitter. Like he's not going to stay this good. And so you factor in some regression for some of these guys. You look that they do have some holes in the lineup. Like Albert Almora Jr. and Jason Hayward and like they're they're not very good hitters and so they have holes they have aging problems like they're just uh, you know their rotation kind of lacks some depth beyond their their front four or the front five I guess rather uh, there's just there's a lot of question marks with the Cubs. Yeah, I, so I tend to agree with all of that. My my informed, my uninformed opinion rather was more just that the Cubs are always going to have that name value in the line, and their their odds to make the playoff did not necessarily line up with the opening win total. It's actually been bet down right now on uh, on some of the offshore books. The regular season wins line for them is eighty eight. Where would you stand on eighty eight wins? I'd still take the heavy under. I have them projected for 80 wins. Yeah. Uh, so which is, yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, definitely a good bet. And I guess probably one of the things with MLB teams that you want to be considering is waiting in age. You know, older players, they're more likely to take stints to the DL. As you mentioned, their rotation is all full of a bunch of really old pitchers. So that one right there, that, that seems like probably the best place to start. Yeah, that, that's absolutely where I would start so overs on uh, season-long bets, the, in general, the, the over on a lot of these bets is not good, right? Because so many things have to go right for overs to go well. But one of the overs that I did like was the Atlanta Braves over 86. They have, you know, what I think is probably an underrated lineup and uh, a fairly decent uh, pitching rotation. Where do you stand on Braves over 86 wins? I would take the under on the Braves, actually. I think you're, you're completely right about their lineup. I think their lineup is actually going to be sneaky good this year, especially if Josh Donaldson is healthy. Donaldson was a big pickup for them. He still projects as one of the better hitters in the game, and that's a huge, uh, huge upgrade. But, you know, Ronald Acuna was out of this world last year. He's going to regress a little bit. 
you know, they still have some guys, you know, Nick Markakis, I don't think he's going to hit 20 home runs or whatever he hit last year. Like, there's going to be some regression, but the lineup is going to be very, very good. The big issue for me, really, is that I don't think the rotation is very good at all. I think Mike Fulton okay. okay, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying I, I'm, I'm eager to hear your opinion on the rotation. Yeah, so, like, for one thing, they don't have an ace. They don't even really have a number two. You know, Mike fulton is the closest they have, and a lot of people think he's really good. Like, he had a great year last year on the surface. You know, his ERA was, like, two and a half or something. But all of his peripheral indicators were closer to four, and that was the best year of his entire career. He has great stuff. He has great upside. But there's big regression coming no matter what for him uh, based on his peripherals, based on his history, and now he's dealing with uh, an elbow injury. So, you know, their best pitcher – Probably not a great bet to even pitch, you know, a full season or three quarters of a season. Like, I'm I'm worried. So, Fulte's their best guy. He has issues. And then behind him, like, they have some young guys who have upside, but none of these guys actually project as much better than, you know, above average pitchers right now. You know, Newcomb is fine. You know, they have Tuki Tucson who people are excited about. They have Mike Soroka who's also dealing with injuries that people are kind of excited about. Max Freed, they have a bunch of these young guys. Kyle Wright at some point could come up. But, like, these young guys, you know, they weren't overwhelming in the minors. They're not guys who project to be much better than, like, four and a quarter ERA pitchers. You know, their, their actual next best pitchers are guys like Sean Newcomb and Kevin Gaussman and Julio Tehran. And, like, these guys are going to get a bunch of innings because they're the established veterans. So as much as you might like the young guys, um, you know, these older guys, these veterans who are not very good – are going to be eating up the bulk of the rotation's innings. Yeah. Again, they're, they're not very good. So I, I don't really think a lot of this Braves rotation. So if you wanted to take the over, if you, were, if you had the same mind as me, you'd be projecting health for Donaldson and projecting like continued improvement from Acuna, good seasons from their catcher spot with McCann and Flowers and that like Ozzy out. Ozzy Albies has a good season, so maybe maybe this one is closer to a uh, to a no bet. I have I do have a stone lock though, an absolute no way it fails. Uh, the Kansas City Royals win total right now is sixty nine and a half. The under on that is like that is like a, an annuity. That is a that is a a governmental savings bond that you can just you can just count on that money accruing for you over the next six months. God, the Royals are going to be like they're. Oh, the Royals are going to be so bad. Their offense is awful, especially like it's so sad to say, but their best hitter was their catcher Salvador Perez, who is now out for the year. Like their offense is just atrocious. He's been um, so Salvador Perez gone is now uh, going to be replaced by a negative WAR hitter, Martin Maldonado, who will be splitting time with Cam Gallagher, who is like I don't even really think he he was never even really a uh, a prospect. So their lineup is something like this: Whit Merrifield, Alberto Mondesi, Alex Gordon, Jorge Soler, Ryan O'Hearn, Hunter Dozier, and then some combination of you know, Billy Hamilton, uh, Jorge Bonifacio, uh, it, it's all bad. It's really bad. When, when Alex Gordon is your number three hitter, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the, it's not like they, this is like a good pitching team either. They don't have good pitching either. No, I do think their, their pitching is a little, a little better than people think. Like I, I think Danny Duffy's a perfectly fine pitcher. Yeah, I Duffy's think, fine. Yeah. I think Jacob Junis, um, 
made some improvements last year that make him an okay pitcher. Brad Keller, I think, is an okay pitcher. Like, I mean, th- that's kind of the nicest thing we can say here. Like, these guys are okay pitchers. They're above average pitchers. Um, but, you know, I think some people, they think they're just awful. And that's not the case. They're, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, are, you, are you in agreement with me that this team does not win 70 games? I have them under 70, uh, under 70 games, not by, not by a ton. I think I have them at like 67 and a half, but, uh, I would take the under of, you know, of the two. Yeah. I, I think, I think this is a 100 loss baseball team almost, almost for sure. But that's like a little bit of a negative reverse homering. So the other one that I had written down was the Colorado Rockies to make the playoffs at plus money, probably depending on your book. Uh, the book that I'm looking at has it at plus 195 with a total of right around 85 games. What do you have for the Rockies? I have the Rockies at uh, 81-82 wins. So for me, I think the Rockies are an underdog to make the playoffs. It's it's kind of tough just because, like, the National League this year, they have a bunch of teams that are going to be competing really closely for those wild card spots. You know, none of the none of the wild cards project for more than 85 wins. It's a bunch of teams just clumped between 80 and 85 for me. And I think the Rockies are in that, but there are teams that I prefer a little bit more than that. I think probably the thing that's driving it for me is – David Dahl is seeming like he's a very good MLB hitter. Maybe, maybe not very good, but definitely good. So like the, the combination of uh, their two through five Murphy Dahl Arenado story just seems like a, like a playoff baseball team lineup. Yeah. I guess the the big thing really is going to come down to how good is Dahl. And I'm not convinced that if you put Dahl in a park that isn't Coors Field, he would be any better than a league average hitter. If he winds up being better than that, that would go a long way. And then I think kind of some of their other holes worry me a little bit. Like Ian Desmond is probably going to be, you know, maybe their opening day center fielder, and he's not very good. Like we don't know what they're going to do at second base yet, whether it's McMahon or Hampson or if it's Valeka, God help the Rockies. And then catching-wise, they're, you know, they don't have a lot of great hitters. There's probably going to be a lot of at-bats going to Tony Walters because of his defense, but his bat is atrocious. So yeah, he's, he's really bad. A little bit on how playing time shakes out and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. Uh, what, do you, what are your opinions on the Rockies rotation? Do they have some guys who can hold their own in Coors Field? Absolutely. I actually really like the Rockies rotation. I think all five of their projected rotation members are legitimately good pitchers. You know, there's a lot of hype around, obviously, Herman uh, Marquez and Kyle Freeland. But, you know, I think John Gray is going to bounce back a little bit. And I think Senzatella and Tyler Anderson are, are kind of underrated. I think they're both really solid pitchers. Of course, they all have to pitch in course field. You know, in, from a fantasy context, like I'm not excited about really any of them. But, uh, you know, in terms of real life, they have, you know, five legitimately good starters. The problem is if any of them gets hurt or struggles, they have almost nothing behind them. They have just absolute dumpster fire garbage behind them. And that I think could hurt them because no team really gets through a season with five starters healthy. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is definitely a very real thing. So you lean, you would lean on the side of this being a, a no bet. So the, the ones that we agree on are, uh, are the Royals and the Cubs. Do you have any others that, uh, that leapt out at you as bettable on season totals? 
The, those were the main ones for me. Um, I think I might take the over on the twins. I think the twins are going to be, do you, do you have their line right now? Uh, yes, the twins, uh, they are, uh, they are, uh, 50 to one for the world series and their total for the season is 84 and a half and they are plus 235 to make the playoffs. Yeah. I like all of those bets. I have the twins as, uh, as the second wild card. I have them winning over 89 games. I think the twins this year are going to be sneaky good, especially because that division is, is sneaky bad. The Indians, I think, are going to win it based on the quality of their pitching, but the Indians hitting this year is really, really bad. So there's even a chance that the Twins, I think, could win that division. That's not what I'm betting on, but I think there's enough of a chance of that, enough of a chance of them getting a wild card that that they're a bet that I would take the over on. Yeah, and I, I that's actually that's actually a, a good point. Is the White Sox are horrible, the Royals are horrible, the Tigers are horrible. So. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to pick up wins in that division. Why, why couldn't it be the Twins? That's exactly it. And they made a lot of good additions. Like, they added Nelson Cruz this winter. They added Marvin Gonzalez. They added Jonathan Scope. Um, they added Michael Pineda, who if he bounces back to anything close to what he used to be, their rotation is going to be sneaky good. Jose Barrios is looking like potentially an ace at this point. I think the Twins are, are going to surprise some people. Big, big Jose, big Jose Barrios guy. That's a dude I pitch on DraftKings way, way too often. I think I'm going to be with you this year for sure, especially especially if he's not priced like an ace. Like if he's like a 9K guy for, for a lot of the year, I'm going to be very much about that. I actually, I actually think that uh, that he will be, and the uh, the range of outcomes projections at Daily Roto are always going to love his his you know the upper echelon strikeout performances that he does have. Yep, for sure. So now we uh, those are those are some of the overall season win totals. Wanted to move to some more player specific ones. Odds to win AL Cy Young. So one of the ones that I had written down was uh, Luis Severino at plus eight hundred or eight to one, but probably not near as good now that he is injured. Yeah, I would have been all over that before the injury. Now I think it's probably pretty fair. Severino is, you know, I, I did a whole Twitter thread on him earlier in the offseason and Yankees fans got really mad at me about it for saying that Luis Severino is one of the best pitchers in baseball because he is. Luis Severino is fantastic and he's great. And in terms of Cy Young Awards where people care about wins, like he has great run support, the only issue right now is the injury and how severe that's going to be and whether he's going to be any worse because of it or how much time he's going to miss. You know, I... I love Severino. I think those odds on him are are pretty fair. Yeah, eight to one, eight to one. Eight, you're right, exactly. It does seem just sort of fair. What do you think about James Paxton at eighteen to one? When I when I showed these odds to uh, Michael Leone at Daily Roto, he mentioned to me that uh, a, a full season of health from James Paxton could get him close to this one. Yep, he was one of the guys that stuck out to me when I looked at this list. Paxton at 18 to one Paxton is, I think when he pitches one of the 10 best pitchers in baseball, that's how the bat projects him. And like Severino, he's going to get run support from the best offense in baseball. And so really the only thing holding him back is that health is how many games he's going to start. I don't think he's ever topped like 160 innings in a season, but if he gets over 200 this year, he's going to be in the Cy Young discussion. So those are, I think pretty good odds on him. 
Yeah, 160, uh, 160 was his innings last year. He had a K minus walk ratio of 25%. So just like completely uber elite. And, uh, you know, he's he seems to be kind of near league average in like some of the bad luck, like batting average on balls and play left on base and stuff. So I, I actually think there's room for him to like run even hotter than he did last year when he was incredible. I think it's entirely possible. And I think... From a fantasy perspective, I think a lot of people are really worried about the, the park shift for him. And it's not a favorable park shift, but it's not as bad as people think. Well, it would be worse if he was a lefty, right? Or no. No, no. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, but, uh, like, he's just good. Like, he wasn't good because of Safeco. Like, it helped him a little bit, but he's still a great pitcher, even when you neutralize for it. No, no, I have that right. So he's a left-handed pitcher throwing to right-handed batters. That's actually better for Yankee Stadium than if he was a righty throwing, because the short porch is off in the right field. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, it's, it's obviously not a good park shift, but it's not like, it's not like you can't pitch well there. No, it's it's a place where if you are a great pitcher, you can still pitch well there. You know, it's it's not Coors Field. We're not talking about Kyle Freeland here. Um, so the the one other name that I had who was super deep, who I thought maybe would have a chance if he was able to stay healthy for you know even 190 innings, and he's just super deep. But which would be Charlie Morton, basically taking advantage of you know the uh, the 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 magic that he learned while he was in Houston. It's funny. We're on a lot of the same guys, I guess. I, those odds stuck out to me also. I think Charlie Morton's a very good pitcher. You know, it's going to be another good park for him. I think the Rays are actually going to be kind of sneaky good this year. Like he's going to get some run support. He's going to have to pitch to some tough teams, which is going to hurt, but they're good odds on Morton. I I'm completely fine with that at 50 to one. Yeah, I mean they have Mike Zanino now, so you know they're definitely gonna they're definitely gonna up their uh, up their home runs. Is Zanino a good defensive catcher? I don't even know. He is. That's a good question. I'm blanking. It's been so long. I I think he's slightly above average, maybe. Yeah, but Morton, a uh, Morton. So he only pitched 167 innings last year for the Astros, but he had a 20. 20- 8% K rate, which is pretty good. You know, the walks were a little high. I guess, are the Rays sort of similarly inclined to the Astros in terms of being able to improve pitchers that they bring onto the roster? I assume so. I mean, it, they did wonders with Tyler Glassnell last year, but, yeah. uh, you know, even, even if he doesn't improve, even if he just keeps what he learned in Houston, I still think Charlie Morton is one of the best 25 or so pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Are you a, are you a Marcus Stroman guy? Mm, I'm as much of a Marcus Stroman guy as you can be. Like, I think he's, he's boring. You know what you're going to get from him. Throw out his ERA last year, look at his peripherals, and they're the same as they've been for years and years and years. You know, I don't think there's a ton of upside for a guy like that. You know, if I was going to take odds like that, I'd rather have Morton or maybe a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, who I think has more upside and also great run support uh, at the same odds. You know, Strowman's just kind of there, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, NL Cy Young looks a little bit different this year with, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw's just really not a part of this equation anymore like he has been for the last, you know, eight years. And the same goes for Madison Bumgarner. I don't think either one of them really have uh, a realistic chance. I think you'd be a lot better off with someone like uh, Walker Bueller. And it's actually sort of as someone who's, 
I'm probably closer to a casual fan than someone who really sweats baseball out day to day. But seeing Strasburg at 30 to one also seems a little jarring to me. That is a little jarring. He's he's fallen off a little bit, you know. But 31 for Strasburg, I think, is good odds. There, it's funny. There are some really bad odds on here, like 25 to one Madison Bumgarner. Like that is just awful. Like no one should ever place that bet. Yeah, like, but you know, with the way baseball betting goes, and especially with player props, as the limits are a little bit lower. You know, no one's no one's getting 10k down on on Madison Bumgarner right. to win the Cy Young. So they the the books make a little bit more money from a lot of you know seventy five dollar bets than they would from people getting serious money down. So it makes sense for them to leave uh, the lines. Like it just they don't even they don't really have a ton of pressure to make them good. Right. Uh, and the thing with Strasburg is. I mean, the, the peripherals are, like, always fine. Like, it's not like he's ever, like, had this some horrible season where he couldn't strike guys out or he was walking everyone. Like, he's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher. He's going to get good run support. I, I think Strasburg at 30-1 to 1 is one of the better bets on this board. And there's still probably like, you know, the guys who vote on these things, if Strasburg has a really good year, the guys who vote on, you know, the winners of the Cy Young and of the MVP awards, I mean, they're going to remember. Like they they care about Steven Strasburg. Exactly. Right. Like he's such a big baseball story that like a a big season from him would carry some weight. Uh, Another one that I thought, this one just seemed interesting. Not that I would bet it, but Jack Flaherty's odds were at one point like 50 to 1, 40 to 1, and they got sliced in half. He's now 20 to 1. So what would be behind Flaherty's odds getting like sliced in half for the NL Cy Young? The thing that would drive it the most is that that he's way better than those original odds indicated. Like that's the same odds that they're giving basically like Jose Quintana and Cole Hamels, who I mentioned earlier, I don't think are very good anymore. Like Jack Flaherty He's only had one season, and he's not a guy that really people think about as a great pitcher. Like, a lot of people, you know, might not even know who he is, like, unless you played DFS last year. Right. But Jack Flaherty is a legitimately great pitcher. He's, like, a top 25 pitcher in baseball. He strikes out a bunch of guys. His peripherals were great. Like, he has good stuff. 20 to 1 is approaching, I think, fair level. But if you got in on him early, oh, my God, you got some awesome value. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. Anyone else on the NL Cy Young that you thought was interesting? I, I thought it was interesting that on both lists, the favorite is not the guy that I would make the favorite. So it was Kluber in the AL, Scherzer in the NL. I think Sale and DeGrom are both better bets. The odds on them are relatively fair, but I think there's maybe a small amount of edge if you wanted to bet on on a favorite. Uh, favorite type of guy. I think both of those are, are the two best pitchers in baseball, and I would bet them for Cy Young's overshores of Kluber. It's just not fun to hold those tickets. As someone who's like bet on the Warriors to win uh, the NBA championships the last couple of years, it's just like, it's excruciating to hold a plus 400 ticket for five months. Like it's just miserable. So I I, I would have much more fun betting on, uh, you know, Miles Mikolas at 30 to one than I would holding that DeGrom ticket the whole time. Yeah, I hear you on that. So... AL MVP, I just didn't even think it was worth discussing. Like, it, the, I, there would never what, what be. What Trout's odds for the AL MVP? I believe it was plus 200. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't even bother copying them down. I'll look, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, obviously, Trout is, is the huge favorite. You know, there's probably some guys that you could place long shot bets on. But, like, 
Travis just so freaking good. He just has he is. won? Has he won every year of his career? Has he ever not won? No, actually, that that's part of why it might actually even be interesting to discuss because like he's only won twice. He's the best hitter in baseball and has been for years, but every single year he loses because basically the law of large numbers says like as good as Trout is, he even even if he plays to his exact talent level, he's up against you know twenty or thirty other great hitters. It only takes one of them to pull a Josh Donaldson or a Jose Altuve or a Mookie Betts, you know, far exceed their expectations because someone's going to do it and win the MVP over Trout. And it, it's happened most years, honestly. I, I honestly, I just, I just would have assumed that he'd won it every year. So maybe there is some value in that, you know, and it probably wouldn't be Betts or Judge, but it could be someone like Stanton at 20 to one or JD Martinez at 20 to one. Don't you have JD Martinez very high in the bat, like overall hitting rankings? Yeah. JD Martinez projects as the second best hitter in baseball after Trout, uh, according to the bat. And, and that's park neutralized too. So he plays in Fenway. So he's going to put up better numbers apart from that. So I love JD Martinez in general. He doesn't generate any defensive value and he is dealing with a back injury, which is worrisome, but, but 20 to one on JD is, is not bad odds at all. Yeah. The, the math that you have there would suggest that at 20 to one for AL MVP, you know, really that, I guess that would just take like, you know, some trout voter fatigue, the angels being horrible trout suffering a minor injury. And then all of a sudden, you know, JD could be, he could be the favorite in the AL really. It's realistic, honestly, because you know, I'm, I'm sure Mookie's odds are significantly higher, but Mookie he's, is he's, actually a slightly worse hitter. Than yeah. yeah. And, and Mookie generates value defensively also. And he's, you know, the bigger name, but you know, if he regresses and JD posts an awesome year, I could definitely see JD winning over Mookie. You know what? I'm going to, while just right now, while we are on the air, I am going to bet JD Martinez for, uh, for AL MVP. I, I think at, at 20 to one, if, if he's as good as the projection system that you've built suggests, I think I would be stupid not to do that. I kind of think so. The, the biggest thing holding him back for me, honestly, is the injury right now. And I don't know what exactly to make of it, but if he winds up being healthy, those are great odds. I do know that he, I, I saw that he hit today in uh, the spring training game that uh, Boston had. Um, what happened in the game? He, he hit. He like, he, I, oh. I, think, I believe it was the first time that he had been out to actually get baseballs. That is, that is a good sign. Hitting baseballs is a good indicator of being able to hit baseballs in the regular season. And uh, depending on the book, I just logged on to my book, and he's actually deeper than 20 to 1 on some of these books. So I just got him at 30 to 1. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's great. I love that. All right. So there we go. We have, uh, we have bets placed. So now for the NL MVP, I think that these seem bad. These odds seem quite bad because you have you have Bryce Harper as what the tenth best hitter in the bat. Uh, I think fifth. Um, okay, well maybe not then. He's six to one to win NL MVP. I think given that he just signed this big deal and he's with Philly now and he's probably going to hit some more home runs and he's has this name value. I think I would call him the favorite, but I don't think I would bet those odds on him. Yeah, six to one seems uh, seems pretty rich. And the other guys, so Arenado at seven to one, has a Rocky ever won NL MVP? Maybe Tulo one of those years. Yeah, Tulo might have won one. I feel like maybe Todd Helton or Matt Holiday at some point maybe won one. But um, 
I don't know. Arenado, I think, is great, but I think people are going to discount him for cores. Um, maybe a little too much in this kind of context. Uh, but I do like Arenado. Obviously, he's going to put up some of the best numbers, if not the best numbers, of any of these guys this year. So some of the some of the deeper guys. One, I think, oh, actually, I'm interested. Where is Yellick at in uh, Where is Yellick at in your hitter rankings? I think he's eighth in baseball. So he he's high. Like he he definitely overperformed last year. Like those home runs are coming down. They are like they're definitely coming down. But um, he still is a you know a really good hitter. One of the one of the deeper guys. Uh, would be for me, Josh Donaldson, if he stays healthy the whole season, 40 to one, that, uh, that one seems pretty good to me. Yeah. Assuming he's healthy, which again is no sure thing. He is aging. He has had injury issues in the past, but 40 to one on Donaldson is, is nice. Um, there's actually quite a few long shots here that I think are really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he actually, it's worth noting, he has won a league MVP award already. Uh, he has, he, he, you kind of mentioned it a little bit with Strasburg earlier. Like he has that name value. People know who he is. Like they want to root for him. You know, if he has a really great year, I think that does carry some weight. Yeah. So uh, who were some of the deeper names that you liked on this list? So there were, I guess, three others that really stood out to me. One is Juan Soto at 30 to one. Soto projects as also a top 10 hitter in baseball. He projects basically as the exact same quality of hitter as Christian Yelich. And you're going to get much better odds on Soto. Like he's young. A lot of people are maybe unsure if he's going to repeat or if he's going to do the same kind of thing or, you know, whatever. But like Soto's really, really good. The only issue I have with Soto is that so much of his value is taken up by walks. And traditionally MVP voters are not like, you know, guys who really tend to reward guys for walks, like they're old school guys who think walks are stupid, you know, a lot of them. But Soto's really, really good. I think 30 to 1 on Soto is really strong. I, I'm surprised to see you be so into, uh, into a rookie. Normally, normally that is not your stance. No, it's really not. Usually rookies or, or, you know, the guys who come off the really strong year, like I'm not into them the next year, but there are occasional exceptions, and I think Soto is one of them because he's just really good. Soto projected really great coming into last year. He had one of the best hitter-rookie projections I've ever seen the bat give somebody, and he did even better than that. So, like, he, he projects really well. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on, uh, on Treya at, uh, at 60-1, to 1, just hoping that, uh, you know, he gets 50 stolen bases? I think that's possible. I don't know how much MVP voters are – are going to, you know, look at that lineup and, and, you know, give it to him, you know, based on stolen bases. But maybe if I was placing a bet on a stolen base guy, I think Starling Marte at 50 to one is a guy I'd probably prefer because he's just a stronger hitter than Treya and also a guy who's going to steal a bunch of bases. So I think Marte is, is a pretty solid value. It actually probably makes more sense to bet Scherzer to win MVP than it would to bet him to win Cy Young. So, so that's interesting. The third guy that I was thinking about betting is DeGrom because I think okay. DeGrom is better than Scherzer. DeGrom is 50 to one or Scherzer rather is 50 to one. DeGrom is a hundred to one. I think DeGrom is the better pitcher and you're getting, you know, twice as good odds basically. So could, could the Mets win enough game? Like they would have to win the division, right? That's kind of the problem. Yeah. Like the Mets would have to win the division, which I think is entirely possible. I think it's more likely the Nationals win it. 
But I do think it's possible the Mets win if, you know, health is really the big thing. It's always the big thing with them. If enough of their guys stay healthy, I think they could contend for the division. And, you know, DeGrom, if he picks up some extra wins this year, which is almost guaranteed, I really think uh, the odds on him are interesting. Now, there's also the other side of it where, like, he was incredible last year. What do you have, like a 1.5 ERA? There wasn't a clear standout NL MVP hitter guy, and he still didn't win. So maybe they're just not going to give it to him or to a pitcher. But 100 to 1, I'd probably be willing to pay to find out. Yeah, I mean, last year, one, 1.7 ERA, only 10 wins, though. Like, he, he would probably have to win. I mean, he'd have to win a minimum of 15 games to win the, uh, to win the MVP. Yeah, which, I mean, I think I haven't projected for 16 or 17. Like, I don't think 15 wins is outrageous at all. So if the Mets sneak into the division, you know, DeGrom could realistically win this. And are the Mets better than 100-1 to 1 to win the division? Like, absolutely. Obviously, there's more to it than that, but – you know, I, I do think the odds are right for it. Yeah, that, uh, that makes sense to me. All right, moving on now, we have one that's near and dear to my heart. Well, this is one I want to bet a couple guys on. Most, wow. most home runs. Interesting to see Stanton and Judge tied both at 8-1 uh, at to one as the co-leaders. I wasn't necessarily expecting that, especially Stanton coming off kind of the disappointing year he had. Judge coming off the injury. You know, I think they're both fantastic power hitters, obviously, but I wouldn't call them the favorites. I, I would definitely pass on those bets. Yeah. Um, the, the one I wanted to make, clearly, Joey Gallo, 25 to 1. You, I'm you glad to, you said you it. Have an, you have to put an army in front of me to, to get me to not bet that. Get as much action as possible on Joey Gallo, 25 to 1. Like, that's just an absurd, absurd line to have for him. He, he might even be the favorite or something close to the favorite and you're getting 25 to one on him, just give me all the action. I wonder why it's even that deep. Is there, is there any chance of him like losing plate appearances this year to anybody? Not really. I mean, maybe it's just because I really have no idea. Like, like I mean, he has value, 80, but he it's has not like this is like subjective runs. voting. Like it's just actual home run tally. So I, I have no idea. Like I have, I have a four way tie for home runs at the top. In, in the bat. It's Trout, it's JD, it's Chris Davis, who are all right below uh, Stanton and Judge, and then I have Joey Gallo tied with those three. So, like, it's just very clear value. Yeah, that one seems, that one seems like a, like a, uh, a no-brainer. Another one that I thought was interesting was Story at 30-1 to 1 just because of the park. Uh, like, I just think if you're getting, if you're getting a, a little bit of those extra cores odds, I can see that one. Yep. I think Story is a really good hitter. I think 30 to 1 is perfectly reasonable odds on him. I think 25 to 1 on Nelson Cruz, obviously not as strong of a bet as Joey Gallo, but 25 to 1 on Nelson Cruz is still strong odds, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, so now and, we. Uh, and Jesus Aguiar at, uh, at 33 to 1. I like him also. He's got monster power and he's in a great park for it. Does he still play for the Brewers? Yep. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed with myself that I knew that one. I've been, playing, I've been playing MLB DFS for a long time. Normally, I do play at least one seasonal baseball league. I have not, I have not registered for one yet. Maybe I'll, I might co-own one with Sammy Reed, though. I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. If you have a chance to do it, I would, I would recommend it. Are you in any of, like, the uh, NFBC or any of the – like, are you in any of the high-stakes leagues this year? I'm in labor and tout wars, which are expert leagues, but not high stakes leagues. 
I am doing a couple of the NFPC uh, cut line ones, but I haven't done the main event in a couple years. Um, mostly it's just a matter of like time commitment. You know, most of my time these days does go to DFS and now a little bit to, to sports betting type stuff. And so I don't play a lot of season long leagues because I don't want to be stretched too thin, honestly. Like I want to give the leagues that I play the attention they deserve. Yeah, uh, makes sense. So the last thing that uh, we have here, some strikeout props. Uh, The one I really liked was Severino over uh, 215. But uh, with the injury, that's seeming uh, unlikely. Yeah, if the injury wasn't a thing, I would love that. But given that, you know, he might only throw 150, 160, 170 innings that, that, you know, he just wouldn't get there with that amount of, with that amount of time. Uh, the, another one that I liked was Chris Archer over 210. What do you have on that one? I have Chris Archer at 207. So, and you know what, that's, that's thin enough with injury. You'd have to take the, uh, the under. Yeah. And that's with uh, 188 innings. So, you know, if he gets over 200, he probably pushes himself over over that that number. But I think for me, that's either probably a no bet or, or a slight under. Yeah. And uh, the last one I saw on this specific offshore book that I thought was interesting was Charlie Morton at 182.5. That's another one I have is pretty close to a push. I have him 177, it looks like right now. Although that is only in 150 innings, which... Seems way too low to me. That's what the the Fangraphs fan depth charts have him at. ATC has him at 156. Like the a lot of systems just seem to have him relatively conservative in terms of the innings. But if he winds up pushing over those innings, he'll push over those Ks very easily. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last thing I wanted to uh, kind of round up here after we got through the betting was I wanted to turn it over to you to talk about uh, some trends or maybe some specific player performances that are likely to surprise MLB DFS players in 2018. Last year, you know, we had the humidor in Arizona. That was a big deal. Kind of the, the change of how that stadium was going to play. Do you have anything like that this year? Yeah, it's funny. That's actually the the comparison I was going to draw was that last year we had this thing in the humidor that was going to be so different than what anyone had come to expect from previous years. Um, you know, and, and it was just such a big deal. And there were so many dum-dums out there who didn't think it was going to do anything. And it was like this great thing to talk about. We don't have anything like that this year. Um, you know, there's not really a lot of rule changes. There were some talked about rule changes, but none of them are really coming to pass that are going to matter too much. You know, th- there's not a lot, honestly, in terms of just the overall landscape of the game that's going to change things. Yeah. Uh, any particular player performances that you are more bullish on than the market? Yeah. So there's a few guys. Like, I think there's there's always going to be those under – those under the radar guys that people don't know about, like they don't have the name value. And so they don't know what to expect. And when they do well, like they're, they're not on them right away. There, there's a bunch of guys like that. Uh, a few that come to mind, like uh, I guess he's getting a lot of hype this spring, but Chris Paddock is a, is a pitcher for the Padres that I love. Like he has the most outrageously good rookie pitcher projection I have literally ever seen. He projects to be fantastic. He's been great this spring. They're talking about starting him on opening day even, which I don't think happens. 
But when he comes up, like he's going to be great. You should have him in all your season long leagues. In DFS, his first few starts, you know, I'm going to probably have him because he's going to be too cheap. And I think Marlins pitchers are really interesting, especially late in season long drafts and in DFS. DFS last year, I know the bat was like all over some of these like, you know, mediocre Marlins pitchers, you know, Trevor Richards and Pablo Lopez and Caleb Smith, uh, Wei Yin Chan, who people wound up getting on towards the end of the year because of his crazy splits. But these are guys who I think are still going to be overlooked and definitely too cheap in DFS because they play for the Marlins and the Marlins are terrible. But these are legitimately good pitchers and they pitch in the best pitchers park in baseball. And so if people are overlooking these guys, I think there's going to be a lot of value on them once again this year. Yeah, I think all of that, uh, all of that seems uh, mostly reasonable. So wanted to finish it up. Biggest disappointment relative to market valuation right now is going to be who? Who is going to just really bum people out the first month of the season until uh, people figure out that he's not any good? So I actually posted on Twitter today that the bat's most overrated starting pitchers, and there's a bunch of guys you can pick here. Like we kind of mentioned a little earlier that that Madison Bumgarner is probably not very good anymore. I mentioned that some of the Cubs pitchers are probably not very good anymore. You know, Cole Hamels, I think, is going to disappoint some people. Um, John Lester is certainly going to disappoint some people. And honestly, I think the Rockies pitchers, like everyone is really about Herman Marquez and, and to a lesser extent, maybe Kyle Freeland because of how good they were last year. But these are still guys, even though they are legitimately really good pitchers, they, they pitch in Coors Field. Coors Field is not a friendly environment. Like these guys aren't going to be posting low threes ERAs, which is what some people seem to be expecting. Like that just isn't a repeatable thing in Coors unless you're Jacob deGrom. And these guys are not Jacob deGrom. So I think people are going to be disappointed uh, in this. And especially like I had a bunch of people on Twitter tell me this year that Kyle Freeland is better, better at home because his numbers over the past year or two. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. The people that insist that the guys who are better pitching in course. Yeah. Like if you're going to be playing Kyle Freeland at home, please take all my head to heads. Like just, just do it because you're going to lose. Like it's just bad. Yeah. Um, All right. Tell people about the bat and where to find it. Yeah, the bat is my, my projection system for DFS. Um, it is over at Roto Grinders. Um, you can find links on Twitter or just go to Roto Grinders. There's a link. Basically, it takes into account everything you could possibly want that affects player performance on a daily basis in baseball. The opposing hitter, pitcher, the bullpen, the exact defensive alignment, umpires, catcher pitch framing, uh, weather condition, wind, air pressure, all that kind of good stuff. Factors it all in and projects how players are going to do. And, uh, it's done really well. There are a bunch of studies this offseason that showed it to be the most accurate uh, season-long system uh, of last year. So that was, uh, that was really exciting. All right, uh, Derek, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun.